Hey guys, so welcome back to the Lost Generation. This is actually our fourth episode, and today we have a guest, like our very first guest, um, and his name is Viet, by the way. Uh, hey guys, so introduce so, yourself, Viet. Yeah, hey yeah. guys, my name is Viet, and um, so I was one of the earliest audience of this mm. podcast, and right. ever since the first like day one, I was like, okay, this I have to participate in at least one uh, episode. Right, oh, awesome. Okay. Yeah. Okay. That's actually cool. Yeah. So yeah, I think for this episode, we're gonna sidetrack a little bit from our previous topics. We're gonna talk a little bit about films mm-hmm. and more specifically, uh, what constitute a good rom com. Mm. So I think maybe it just starts with me. I think like a good rom com generally kind of stray away from like certain cliches that you would often see in rom coms. Um, for example, I think like the hot young protagonist, like the male protagonist in a way. Mm-hmm. Um, I think one of the best example and one of the good rom com to me, I think, was Notting Hill. Hugh Grant. He's handsome, by the way, but I think he is someone who you sincerely feel like he has this kind of awkwardness in him, and you kind of relate to him in a way because he was like a traveling book storekeeper in a way so he just like really have a mundane job Mm -hmm. you know like you kind of relate to his relatability in a way Mm -hmm. and i think like for the cliches um i would think about uh what film to the boys i love before i think okay to to all the boys i love before i mean that film if you like it it's okay you know i don't have anything against it Um, you like what you like right yeah you like what you like you have your own criteria i have mine it's just like that film to me like neo centennial i can't really buy him as like this handsome yet so quirky in a way because it just really felt like it wasn't really his character but rather like a producer kind of give that character to the character itself mm-hmm. so you don't really buy the fact that he is like that in the film mm-hmm. even though for sure Hugh Grant handsome right but like you feel like he is relatable you know because like he just really awkward but in a sincere way if you guys get what I mean I guess yeah, yeah. yeah. do you guys think that way as well or it's just my criteria though well I think when it comes down to it a rom-com is just like pretty much one thing like it has yeah. there has to be some chemistry between well, yeah, the, sure. the good uh, the the male lead and the female lead because mm. you cannot have like uh, two brilliantly like intelligent uh, one intelligent girl intelligent man and they kind of mix interest to each other like it doesn't work that way it has to be something like their weaknesses their strengths both uh, supports adds to each other yeah. so like a perfect fit because the thing is the settings can be varied because we don't want to know what exactly is going to happen in a love story because that's obviously would be yeah. boring yeah but but the same thing that it has to share between those good rom-coms has to be like the chemistry you have sure. to see like they are really into it yeah. but not just like uh just two people acting out in a scene mm. because with the uh, movies like the room for example obviously the room is not a fucking rom-com <laughs> well, yeah but but like there are tons of movies that are kind of yeah it's meant to be a rom-com yeah, yeah, but it so. just kind of suck at it yeah anyway yeah, exactly yeah like, if you guys know the reference um yeah. the room is just like an obscure kind of film and i think like only villain i kind of know it but it's a cool film to yeah. laugh at basically 
but yeah I, I think I, I really get what you mean it's like the chemistry of the character should be also like the focal point of a rom-com like it has I, to be like number one exactly, exactly yeah. in a rom-com yeah I think that's also like my second thing is that I have to see the chemistry between like the two leads um, I think one of the worst example but somehow like the film is still kind of regarded as a great love story would be like the notebook the notebook oh. i don't see any chemistry between rachel mcadams and like behind the scene they actually really hated each other but i didn't know that when i watched the film itself mm-hmm. so i just felt something really odd about the chemistry even though like the older leads like the older actor and the older actress really kind of sell like they have this never-ending love in a way mm-hmm. But the younger self, Ryan Gosling and Rachel McAdams, I don't see it at all. But yeah, I think chemistry is a really like, um, yeah, it's a really good point. How about you, Ling? Do you think that as well? Mm. Yeah, I think chemistry is a really important factor in a rom-com. Mm. I mean, it's a romantic movie after all. You have to see the chemistry between yeah. the characters. They have a kiss. <laughs> Yeah, they have to do a bunch of that's depressing. (laughs) Yeah, but they have to do a bunch of shit together intimately, right? Like, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Since we're talking about the notebook, can we just talk about the Ferris wheel scene? The Ferris wheel scene. My God, I, I kind of remember it. Tell me more about it. Okay, so oh, he's hanging. Yeah, yeah, he's hanging on. Would you want to explain it? Because I I haven't seen it. (laughs) Okay, sure. Um, so that Ferris scene was basically like Ryan Gosling hanging yeah on the ferris wheel and try to ask rachel mcadams for a Mm. date i mean i think like it kind of wanted to play like this kind of meet cute in a way like he Mm. just really persistent in Mm. terms of like pursuing her but it's just kind of odd i think like i i didn't really notice that until you mentioned it because i again like when i watched the novel i didn't really even feel like the chemistry from the get-go mm-hmm. so that scene to me it's just not mm-hmm. really okay. memorable yeah, so what do you think about that scene though well i mean i i think i would freak out if someone pulled right, something yeah. off like ryan gosling right yeah yeah it's just so fantastical in a way you know <laughs> but like in a, in a movie context isn't that cute maybe in the 1930s i don't know yeah, i don't know i think that's how they wanted to portray young love it's like just rash reckless you know yeah, reckless yeah. and that Crazy. type of thing and i think that is also a part of the reason why i actually don't like the notebook is that you don't have to be rash in order to have a young love you know like you can be rational as well but like the thing that play out it's just kind of like cliche in a way i think so and again combining with the chemistry i don't think notebook is actually a good rom-com you know <laughs> i think i might be the unpopular opinion here but i just think so if you like it sure why not just don't try something like ryan gosling yeah that's <laughs> dangerous guys like, that's really <laughs> freaking dangerous it's like 30 meters or something yeah i mean i i, I think it gets pretty tiring to like you know hang yourself on one arm or maybe he's just him. trying to prove his masculinity like hey look over here no, it's exactly <laughs> like that so since we're talking about bad rom-com i think i should add one to the list and mine is 50 first dates mm. starring adam sandler and drew barrymore um, so basically, Drew Barrymore had an accident, and she has short-term memory. She can only remember events and things that happen in one day. Mm. So basically, Adam Sandler just um, follows her around and in a way um, force her into loving him. Okay. In my opinion. Yeah. What do you think, though? So you think it's toxic in a way? 
not exactly toxic, but yeah. um, just kind of nagging hmm. in a way. Okay. Yeah. When I see Adam Sandler, I know his movie is gonna be bad. <laughs> right. Okay. I think like pre '90s Adam Sandler is actually good. Like. Pre-90s? Yeah. I think he has some redeemable movies lately, but uh, let's say before 2018 and like uh, before that, his all of his movies are just really bad in general. Yeah. Like Jack and Jill, they got a well, like, yeah, yeah. For the so, worst yeah, movie. I think like that's for another time. But yeah, <laughs> yeah. I think like pre 90s uh, Adam Sandler for sure. I think like he made some good film. I think Happy Gilmore. I actually kind of like Fifty First Date in a way because of the relationship that. Drew Barrymore and also Adam Sandler's characters have mm-hmm. weirdly, and I, I know <laughs> I, I think like maybe because of the chemistry they play along with each other quite well, yeah, yeah. and that's the reason why they collaborated in like several films after Fifty First Date as well. I think even the freaking grinded or something. Yeah, there is a, also like a rom com starring them after like twenty years, I guess. Yeah. It, it sucks, by the way. Yeah, like you said, like you said, it's like yeah. after after the '90s, it's just like yeah. what happened to Adam Sandler, right? I get that, but yeah, I like that film maybe because of the chemistry, and mm-hmm. it's also falls with my criteria. Is that I see the chemistry, I like the film, mm-hmm. and the film it still has the charm of the '90s, and I I think we I have to go back to the how the era defines rom com a little bit because mm-hmm. I think '80s and '90s they play around the idea of like. The innocence of love in a way okay but like after 2000 or i think like late 2000 it kind of plays around with like the cynical side of love or mm-hmm. maybe the deeper side of the meaning of love i guess mm-hmm. so that film is just like a nostalgic like time capsule that maybe i still enjoy it okay. even though maybe sure it has a lot of cliche i think like a rob schneider like supporting character it's just really like stereotype <laughs> right yeah. so do you think like it's pretty much like the uh the western genre movies like it's past its golden days and it's dying or hmm. it- not necessarily i think they are changing in a way i think like the demographic is kind of different at the moment i think like it leads to like the demographic of the young adults more than like for example 51st date it's like middle-aged type of love you know but it still has this innocence going on and also harry met sally it was made during the 80s as well it was more about like the mature relationship but now it's more of like young adult thing and i think like uh, to all the boys i loved before was like based on the novel as well right yeah i just think that it changed i don't think it's kind of diminishing or anything on one theme yeah during this era it may be like high school and university love and towards the middle age audience i think they're focusing more on like marriage uh, issues Or something like that. Oh, yeah. For example, Marriage Story. Not a rom-com right, movie. Yeah. But I think yeah. yeah, that's what they're targeting towards the middle age. Yeah, audience. again, coming back to the uh, the cynical side. I think like after the late 2000s, like, rom-com started to kind of have to evolve with the time, I guess. Yeah. Because the 90s was just like purely bubble. I mean, love, love always changes, right? You can never... Well, yeah, you can <laughs> say that. We're that's quite deep. deep bro. That's, that's really deep. Yeah, I like, think so. Yeah, That's why I'm on the show, right? <laughs> okay, sure, man. Permanent member or something. <laughs> and one film that I... Again, I think like... I like the chemistry mm-hmm. of the two leads. But I didn't like the context of the film. Um, maybe you guys have heard about about time 
right? Ooh, I like that one. I liked it. Honestly, I liked it. Are you about to? Yeah, I mean, I rewatched it. I just felt like there was something wrong with the context because the context basically revolves around the boyfriend. He has a supernatural ability that he can teleport through time. But in a way, when you see the film, you kind of start to realize that he didn't really give her any chance to kind of have a self-independent thoughts in a way because he just kept coming back and then erases mistakes in a way and the film plays it as if like it's cute and i find it cute but like the context itself is quite disturbing i'm not sure if you guys agree with me or not but yeah so you think that there's a bit of like a memories manipulation there and you just yeah i mean yeah subtly there was something manipulative about it even though the character i think is relatable he is also like a really awkward guy but you kind of feel like that is his natural like personality donald gleason played uh the boyfriend somehow it clicks into like one of my criterias but somehow it's just not really like a favorite film of mine even though i kind of like it but not like i think it's a good rom-com thank you for ruining <laughs> the film for me and you have to remember that rachel mcadam actually starred in another time traveling rom-com as well yeah what's up with her and yeah she being typecast as like the <laughs> the wife of a time traveler <laughs> yeah. because like she was in a film called the time traveler's wife mm. maybe it was meta back at the time maybe i thought it was in the same universe or something. <laughs> <laughs> like mcu before mcu like what's up with oh that God. shit right that film is even more apparent in terms of the context because like there was a scene where eric barnab the husband he time traveled back to like Rachel McAdams when she was like eight right. in a field in the middle of nowhere. Mm-hmm. And it just kind of like, yeah, that's not something you would do. Man. Yeah, like, like, the I, contact I, is even more apparent. I, I can feel like things are going south pretty fast. It's, <laughs> it went south really oh fast. Like God. I saw that film, I'm like, whoa, I was like 12. I have to think about it. I'm like, <laughs> that's not cool, man. But yeah, I think that's why like when it comes to about time, I just don't really feel it as a good rom-com, maybe because of the context. Um, you liked it, for sure. I, I think it's fine. You ruined it. Thanks. <laughs> but I think uh, as for like when you want to merge between time travel and rom-com, I think the Japanese has outdone Hollywood at this aspect. Right. But it wasn't a movie, it was some, some mangas. So I think it was transferred to anime. I just think that if you're going to do a live action, maybe the vibes will not be able to stay the same. Hmm. But uh, in terms of like being creative about settings and plots for a typical rom-com movie, I think the Japanese has really outdone Hollywood in, in this right. aspect. Yeah, I think it's actually a good point to bring out the runtime of a motion picture in terms of how it affects the flow of a rom-com and how it can work or not. You know, coming back to About Time and Time Traveler's Wife, for sure. Maybe it clicks into your like criteria of a good rom-com. To me, it's not. Um, and it doesn't mean like I... <laughs> disregard of your your likings i think uh i want to talk about dirty jokes in rom-coms like right. what are your take on it like do you think it's a necessary ingredient yeah. for a good rom-com or uh it's just like some kind of spice that you can take out um i think like when it comes to dirty jokes i think it would be really like effective if it's kind of play around with like the subtlety of it 
you know maybe just like during a small conversation in a way it doesn't screams out like hey i talk dirty jokes or something you know harry met sally i think is one of my first example of like how did they play around with that idea some film kind of wants to screams out that maybe that is also like the personality of the main characters in a way i kind of like friends with benefit I think Mila Kunis is really charismatic in a way. Yeah, she, she's hot. Um, Justin Timberlake, he plays his role well. Sometimes when I see that film from time to time, I just feel like they are trying to amp up like the <laughs> dirty jokes in a way. Because I know that the contact is supposed to be about like, you know, like casual sex. But the way it just really on the nose to me. And I think it also can become a cliche for a rom-com, you know. What do you guys think? Was there a point in 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 that movie that mm. makes you think like okay this is uh, this has crossed the line or you were like pretty much okay with I think like it's just it. about the conversation in general throughout the film between Mila Kunis and Justin Timberlake they always are very sarcastic but it's just really like unhumanly like you know it's like yeah it's kind of scripted in a way if i say something sarcastic to you like maybe you would think about it for a few minutes to kind of insult me back in a way it's like how real life works but they just keep on coming with like all oh, these dirty jokes to a point and i'm like this is probably like in the script you know right. justin timberlake cannot say this shit <laughs> in case you didn't know mark don't really like Justin Timberlake. Wait, what? <laughs> no, I like him. It's just like I didn't like the way that his character kind of works, you know? He's like, he's supposed to be a dorky guy, right? But somehow it just kind of contradicts all the things that the film tries to portray him. Like yeah. somehow he's just becoming a suave kind of guy. I'm like, <laughs> yeah, okay. I feel like dirty jokes in movies is kind of like sugar in the coffee. Mm. And I think I, I, I have a sweet tooth for this. So... Yeah. I do enjoy it, I think, a bit more than the average Joe would like. Yeah. So, like, my, I think my most memorable rom-com mo movie was Ugly Truth. And obviously, the amount of dirty jokes in it were abundant. But yeah. um, I think the thing about dirty jokes is that it's fun when you... It's not even about the quantity, it's just how you uh, put them together. You can have tons of dirty jokes, but if you can pace it right, like uh, they did in Ugly Truth movie... And it makes the movie more memorable because nothing works like dirty jokes. It's fun, it's memorable, and in a way, it makes you horny. <laughs> okay, it's cool, dirty. cool. I mean, so. yeah, okay, sure. I think it also kind of leads to, like, again, the chemistry in a way, right? Yeah, you right, Maybe right. you see the chemistry between Justin and then Mila and also, like, Gerard Butler and Katherine Heigl in yeah. The Ugly Truth. Maybe just to me, I didn't really find that. Maybe that's why, like, the dirty jokes to me... I just felt like like they probably read it in the script. That's it. You like it, it's fine. Because I have a ton of like guilty pleasure of myself as well. Um, one of the films that I think kind of right now, when you really think about it, like it has full fucking cliches in a way, would be 500 Days of Summer. Um, <laughs> that film, I saw it in like middle school. So again, it's like a time capsule to me. I still like it. It's just like, it's full of cliche. But I think it doesn't even check any of my checklists i think but somehow i still like it you know so you can have a cliche films that you like but you can still have your own criteria of like a rom-com movie for you to enjoy and i think it's mm, that's the point you know you don't have to be like a, a really film snob you know i'm not a film snob i just like maybe i have my own criteria Viet has uh, his own criteria you maybe have yours i guess I have to say, I guess. What? 
Wait, well, you but, mean? <laughs> you know, if you have yeah. to say that um, I'm not a film snob, mm. for people to know that you're not a film snob, yeah. then you are kind of a film that snob. That is true. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I mean, that can apply to pretty much anything, you know, like, I'm, hey, I'm not a bad guy. I'm a nice guy. No, you're not. I'm not ugly. I'm not ugly. <laughs> the ugly truth. Um, but yeah, I think... I don't know, man. It's just like I I don't feel like myself that much critical as much as like uh, all the people who loves film in a way. I don't necessarily say like I so I'm so in love with film, but I think like it's good for you to critically think about something, you know, either film, music, or whatever in life. You've been talking about relatability. I think that's a huge criteria for you in a rom-com. So can you name a few? I think it's 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 really a natural feeling for me when it comes to relatability. Like when I see just somehow, some way, if I can see myself in the movie, then I'm related to it, then I'm gonna love it. But I can't really tell like what things are relatable to me. It's like uh, the recipe of pho, you know? If you know too much about what makes a good broth, then you might not be able to enjoy it as if you don't know too much about it. So I just leave it to chance so the natural feeling can be the most uh, natural and i think a good rom-com to me it, it also doesn't have to be like so into like realism in a mm-hmm. way you know yeah. it can have like the fantastical side exactly because like if it's not it's a rom-com if it's real it's not romantic yeah it's a rom-com you know <laughs> it's it meant to kind of play with your fantasies a yeah, little bit exactly. <laughs> no it's kind of true Coming back to Notting Hill, I said this before, it's that Hugh Grant, relatable, right? Yeah. But like the situation that he was in is quite fantastical in a way. Like he met a celebrity and somehow they fell in love, you know, like they play around with that idea of like the fantasy of meeting your celebrity crush. I get that. It's just like maybe, sure, the recipe for a relatable character, it kind of works in that situation because the surrounding world kind of tells you that Hugh Grant is really like a really mundane guy. Like I said before, works in a traveling book uh, store, you know, like he just have like a small group of friends, so he doesn't really talk much to people. And now he has this situation really kind of relate to a lot of the people and somehow I feel like it works but yeah I think there is also a certain stereotypes of like having relatability you know it just maybe sometime like you said based on your intuition you know yeah, just true. go with the flow you know you don't have to guess a lot because sometimes I think that's just the point you know like you love a movie just because you love a movie yeah I think one of the relatable points of a character is like stalking for love. Mm. Of course, stalking to an extent, not intense stalking, mm. like in This Means War. Wow, well, yeah. <laughs> that film sucks. Yeah. I don't what know like who to... actually likes that film. Yeah, yeah. Like what happened to two CIA agents stalking on a yeah, woman? Yeah, they use their own national security like weapons and shit to just kind of woo a girl. Yeah, like that's a big waste of tax money right there. And again, <laughs> that's Hollywood. Yeah. <laughs> you know, they just come up with a bunch of ideas, man. And they just throw it on the wall and see it sticks. That's it. I feel like that film is more of comedy. I don't feel any chemistry in either like the friendship or uh, the love lines as mm. well. So what do you guys expect to see more in rom-coms? Hmm. I just want to see more adventure, you know? Because like, exactly. love is about adventure. You can be calculated 
But if you really want that taste of love, then you have to have a bit of uncertainty, uh, have a bit of risk, a bit mm. of adventure. And I feel like that's totally what's lacking in today's rom-coms. They won't follow a script, that, uh, like a script that has been used over and over and over. They don't want to risk anymore. And when you take the risk out of love, it yeah. feels like it's just a hobby instead mm, of yeah. something. Like it's, I think it's they are adapting, anymore. but it just kind of slowly, you yeah. know. Yeah, but that's a good point. I mean, to me, maybe it's a bit general, but basically I just want it to be something more original in a way. I don't want to be like based on a novel. Just make a movie, you know, make a movie yeah. that somehow has the chemistry, has the necessary lines that somehow you feel relatable, even dirty joke as well. You know, I, I, I have like tons of dirty joke as well, but maybe just don't make it too on the nose and original. I think that's what it kind of lacks in like generally like movies in Hollywood these days. I want to say about more about the the calm in the rom com as well. The script is not original. Okay, mm. the way they deliver the jokes as well, it's just not as creative as it it's should be. It's not clever. Be. As, yeah, yeah, it's not clever. It's, it's really it's, on the it's nose. It's all about dialogue, pretty yeah. much. It's just so limiting. There's so much more they could do. Again, I think it's just really on the nose. You know, yeah. you kind of guess what they are going to say like immediately after like the joke in a way. So I just don't feel funny. Again, you know, just make something that is just sincere, original. That's it for me. That's really general, you know. For me, I think I would like to see more diversity hmm. in movies in terms of races and skin colors and also sexual orientations as well. Cool. I think that's what Netflix is doing. But to me personally, I find it a little bit too on the nose. It's a natural thing. And they don't have to really, mm. like force every yeah. character to be like an LGBTQ plus community. Okay. I mean, yeah, again, that is actually a really like interesting topic to me. It is also kind of hard to discuss, <laughs> but I, I get what you mean for sure. Yeah, I think if they just makes it out of like, hey, this is just like a group of friends, you know, maybe, you know, he is a part of the community. That's it. Yeah. But don't maybe use it as something else yeah. to kind of make the film more marketable, I guess. Yeah, I think that's, yeah, I think that's also the point. So, yeah. And do you think it's possible to make a rom-com that is also artsy? I think you have to have like all the elements in that film, in, in a rom-com film in order to make it artsy. I think so kind of ruins the point of a rom-com i think rom-com uh, is kind of mainstream i think or or instead mm. you could just put uh, a director like david fincher or <laughs> you know people with uh visual uh, reputations right. the guy who good. made yeah. fucking seven is <laughs> <laughs> going to direct a rom-com I'm, I'm, I'm just saying like a director that can yeah. Yeah, deliver good visuals like sure, even stanley not? kubrick yeah why not like a lot of comedians when yeah. they turn like into like horror directors they made a big bang right um, Key and David Fincher, I'm not sure. <laughs> that Key guy, he Key, Key and Peele, though. Yeah, I mean, but like that guy, he has his own style that's just really like <laughs> nor like. Yeah. Maybe, yeah, I maybe know. I would want to watch that. But like, yeah, I think why not? You know, maybe you know if directors they want to try different like genres, then sure. Yeah. But anyway, I think again, it's okay for you to have your own personal criteria when it comes to a good rom com. Sure, but you can also maybe sometimes have your own guilty pleasure as well. It's just that it's a movie, you know, just enjoy it. If you like the film, you like the film. We don't judge 
we just say <laughs> maybe it's not really our forte, it's not our cup of tea, and that's it. Yeah. Yeah. So I think this is actually the reason why we have a post about like me breaking girls' heart. It's not like I'm breaking actual heart. It's just like I'm going to cut this part. Off. <laughs> what? No, just like I'm gonna kill. <laughs>